Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one half of your host, Blake Rafino, the other, Joe Bruno DeLeone. I keep forgetting that I told you that was my middle name. As I long keep as forgetting you, that. Hey, listen, I'm trying to intimidate <laughs> you. I'm trying to intimidate you because let me tell you why. We, we got a massive already. debate on our hands. Yes. Like, listen, we're going to have to clip to, that, to this morning's show in like three or four parts because... In the words of Kevin Hart, it's going down this morning. Me and you are me and you are debating for the for the the biggest debate of all year. It's not an election debate. It's nothing. This is the biggest debate we have. It will happen this morning. Agreed? I agree. And we may not even get to our guests. We might end up spending the whole hour just talking about what we're referring to, which is I mean, everyone else is talking about it. It's not just us, and it's good that we we disagree, agree to disagree in some ways on this on this matter. Well, here's the thing. Number one, you're you're right, but we ne- number. But here's the thing: we never go an hour. This show's supposed to be an hour. We never go an hour. So it's, it's no. like you know. So let, let's get that. Number two, the probably the biggest question too: Why do you hate LSU? I I've been over this a million times. They don't hate LSU. Why do you? Ha- no, question number three: Why do you hate yeah, Brian yeah. Kelly? Well, we know why I hate Brian Kelly. I hated Brian Kelly when he was at Notre Dame. Of course, I'm going to hate him now that he's at LSU. Number four, is your first cousin a part of Irish Breakdown? No, incorrect. Okay. Well, <laughs> just letting it be known, the SEC West champs do what the hell they want, Delione. Okay, but they shouldn't be ranked in the top five. They can do whatever they want. They're more than welcome to, but they shouldn't be ranked in the top five. I don't, I don't want to I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but that's, okay. that's the whole argument. Okay. Well, we'll get to it in just a very quick moment. You're going to lose. Anywhom, we do have a good show in store for you this morning. We will get to that intro. We will debate, should LSU be ranked ahead of TCU and USC? Joe and I will argue that. One part I do kind of somewhat agree with Joe, I, I will admit. But the other part, I think he he's losing his absolute mind. 
But also, we will have former Tennessee quarterback Matt Sims, host of the First Team College Football Recruiting Show. He will be joining us at 9.30. At 9.45, my good buddy Mike Yuva from South Carolina and up there in Boston, Smartpock, will be joining us at 9.45. Cock Vimber. I, I don't like saying that, Joseph. <laughs> I don't like I saying that. I can't wait to ask him about that, Blake. I, I'm actually so excited to ask him about that. I don't know about you. I know, it sounds like you're not. I just, I just like, you know, like, I don't know. Cockvember. Cocktober is better sounding than Cockvember. Now, now you're just trying to keep going on. You know what I mean? They got to, well, they clearly aren't maintaining the momentum the way that they've played over the last few weeks. So it's apparently it's not a real thing, which I would love to ask Mike's thoughts on that. And if he believes that Cockvember could be a thing or should be a thing. Listen, <laughs> the only the only cocks that are being roasted today are those that are going to go up against Tennessee, okay? Now, y'all need to clip uh, that one. But, I mean, come on. But I do think that game's going to be a little bit closer than some experts think. And another close game, I got a stat for you that mm-hmm. I think is really interesting between Georgia and Kentucky. My buddy Carter Bryant over the Power Hour, uh, SEC Power Hour, LSU Power Hour, a very interesting stat, Joe. Could this Georgia-Kentucky game be a little closer than some experts think? We'll talk about that as well. And at 10 a.m., Jenna Drinks joins us. Joe, I don't know if you saw this, but I do have a three-year-old son, Ben. Yes. He, he dapped me up with some cheers this week. Cheers! And then everybody's like, look what Jenna did. But Jenna didn't have <laughs> – you know, Jenna's got no – you know, Jenna didn't right, do no this. Influence. This is my problem. Does Ben even know who Jenna is? Oh uh, yeah, he watches the show. Yeah, I mean he he okay. watch yeah he okay. watch he's probably watching the show on his iPad. He 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 really does love the show. So what happens is when he hears Daddy getting mad during the week during the LSU show, that's when he runs in here and goes, Daddy, Daddy, calm down, calm calm. He comes down. on the show to, to. Oh yeah, he'll tell me to calm down during the break. He's like your producer. Uh yeah, he he's like my Weinberger. See, Pooh's like the show producer, <laughs> but the thing the thing about that is is he's the one that's like my my Weinberger. He comes in there's like, "Calm down. Calm down. Calm down, Rafino." He's, he's your executive producer. That's what that's what Ben is. True. True. The uh Pooh Bear says, "Paul's talking about Cockvember." I agree with him. It's just so I I don't I can't say it what I want to say, you know, but it's like Come on, man! You, back. you can, you can, you can say it. We're all friends here. I don't think that you should be using the word "cock" in anything that you do. Well, they're the game cocks. Like they set themselves up. For I the, get it, for but the bit. You, you know, but you know, you got to lean into it, though. That's that's my like that's my whole thing is that if you're gonna call yourself the, cock, you got to lean gonna... into the cock is what you're yes. saying. Because it's the worst. It might be the worst mascot in. Division one FBS football. <laughs> like, I don't, like I get it, and like I'm sure that back in the early 1900s, it was a, a ferocious beast. Whatever a gamecock. A gamecock you know, has never been a ferocious beast, Joseph. M- maybe back then for them, and I I would love to know the <laughs> the, the history behind that that decision making to name them the gamecocks. But again, like I, I like, can you come up with a? And I would love to see if the chat can come up with one. Who has a worst a worse uh, mascot blue hens but you're you can't take the word blue hen and then run with like everyone you can make any joke with the word cock in it 
when you're playing. True, South that, that's that's true. That's true. You're right. I mean, it's it's up there. But intimidating and it's it's silly. That's what's wrong with it. All right, for, for fifth and final question before we get rolling here. Mm -hmm. Um, are you in the Christmas spirit over here with that cup? I mean. Yeah, I well, so there's no Dunkin' Donuts in Los Angeles. Oh, really. there's few oh. and far between. So, so that's I, a Dunkin' Donuts cup. That's a Dunkin' Donuts cup. Yeah, it's a Dunkin' cup. I I was in the holiday spirit, and I got the holiday blend. And I gotta say, this is fantastic coffee. The coffee in Los Angeles is terrible. I'm sick of it, and I miss. There's a couple of things I miss about the East Coast since coming back to New Jersey for this weekend to the land of my people. Uh, and I will say that Duncan is, is definitely one of them. What part of Jersey are you in? Are you like close to Tony Soprano and all them or what? Yes, that's actually like a, a town over from where where that was shot and where that was based. Like we we used to play all those towns in football. Caldwell, Nutley, Verona, very Italian population. Ironically, me as an Italian, I did not grow up in one of those Italian towns. I grew up in one of the more predominantly Jewish communities. Um, but yes, that is all... This is Soprano country that I'm in right now. Okay. Watch out. You're going to get whacked. All right. Everybody do us a favor. Pause. <laughs> pause. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like. No, I'm not going to tell an Italian pause. I'm not going to tell a mob member pause. <laughs> Pooh Bear can do it, but I just not. Look, don't don't be telling no mob members, you know. Pooh, I, Pooh just calm down. Calm down. Let this one slide. I promise you. All right, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Shared all of those Facebook groups. So many of you listening to us are watching us right now on Facebook. Stop collaborating. Listen, look, you guys have been killing it for us on the Saturday morning show on Facebook. Joseph, we've hit over 150,000 total views. Ooh. So, so, I, I, I'm really excited that we've gotten all of that. Uh, oh, Wait, you know, just on this show? Yeah, just on the Saturday show. Yep. Mm hmm. Wow. That's yeah. fantastic. Well, when you average about five to, you know, five to 10, you know, and you're around, you know, I think the last week we got about 13,000 total, something like that. So, I mean, we're killing it, bro. Congratulations. Uh, we did have one big request. What was the request? Uh, they told me to uh, uh, shun you for your bad take about Brian Kelly, but that's the only bad thing that's happened. You know? I'd ask which bad take, but we would spend hours trying <laughs> to figure out which take it was. 150,000 total, man. We're only, th this is the 13th episode. So, I mean, it's about right. It's That's about right. Huge. Yeah. All right. So, everybody do us a favor. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Hack City, Believe, AYS Sports, hit the like and share. Share to all of those, uh, all of your Twitter pages. Thank God Elon must save the day. Twitter's still alive. So, go over there and Twitter, share that. Share it to Facebook and everywhere else. If you listen on TuneIn app or wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, subscribe as well. We greatly appreciate y'all doing that. All right, let's Joe, let's let's get into this. We'll do our first break at 9:30. I think All we've right. been having a lot of success doing that. Let's do this. You want to have the massive debate. So look, as Pooh Bear said this morning, it's Cupcake November or Cupcake mm -hmm. Cupcake Week. Um, so let's go here then. All right, a lot of people are freaking out about the college football playoff ranking. I'll give you the floor. LSU is ranked six, and this is not me. You wanted to talk about this. I'm not. I was not pushing well, we an talk LSU about what's topic. Hot. I mean, I'd love to talk about UAB and how talented they are, but we got to talk about what's hot. It's it's sparking a debate. We're so close. they're five and five, and you're saying they're hot. They were on a three game losing streak Wait, before no, no. they beat North Texas last week. Oh, oh they're right. hot. No, 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 no. Sorry. 
I'm saying that this topic is hot. Oh, okay. There's no, there's no yeah. games going. The on only thing Tuesday. hot in Birmingham is Pooh Bear. Ask our ask Lucy. Pause. I mean, we have a commenter, Lucy, who says he's really hot. So I'm just saying. <laughs> so listen. Okay, let's get to this debate. Yeah. So the top f six or seven. So we can go top seven. Obviously, you know him by now. Georgia. What was it? Ohio State, Michigan, uh, TCU, Tennessee, LSU, USC. What's your problem with these rankings? My initial issue with this, and there's two parts to this, because I have a problem with LSU's location where they're currently placed, and then I also have problems with the arguments that some people are making that LSU should be higher than where they're currently placed. Oh, you're going to get LS so LSU's a talented there. team. They are really, really good defensively. Matt House has, has made that defense into one of the best in the country. Harold Perkins is fantastic. There's inconsistencies for them offensively, in my opinion. And I, I'm sure that you could agree that they are not the most consistent offensive team. Separate from that, two losses for me is not good enough to be placed in the top four, to be ahead of USC, to be ahead of TCU. I understand that they're a talented team. And I think in an, on a neutral field, there is a likelihood that they beat USC, they beat TCU. I don't think it's by as significant as a margin as most SEC fans would claim. I think everyone assumes, a lot of SEC fans assume, that it would be a blowout. Both of those games would be blowouts. And I don't believe that to be the case. But my main issue is the resume. I understand that I am always a, a supporter and an advocate for the eye test. There's a lot of times too many people that support resume over eye test. But in this circumstance, because LSU has two losses, they are properly placed where they should be, which is behind TCU, behind Tennessee, and behind USC. If USC loses, move them back. If USC wins their conference, they shouldn't be knocked back for a team that's likely not going to win theirs. If LSU wins the SEC, I will completely change my tune. But it is based on, again, the resume, what they've done so far. Two losses is too many for me to put them up any higher. Number one, why are you harping on all of the losses and not the wins? Because here's here's my – hold on. Let me get to USC. Okay. Let okay. me first start off with USC. Bron, don't fire me. Okay, let me start with USC here. They lost to Utah. Utah came down to Gainesville in Florida week one and got beat, right? But nobody seems to find the problem with Utah getting their cheeks clapped week one against Florida. Now, I hate the argument – Oh, blank! it was hot and humid. Their titty nipples were sweating. LSU played in a snow game last week and won. So yeah. all of your arguments on that are invalid. The best team that USC has played, they lost. The best team USC has played, yes. they lost. Don't come up in here and tell me that USC could go on a four-game run of beating Auburn, Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas. At best, they'd be two and two. At best. No, come on. Wait, 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 wait. We're, we're, they would beat Auburn. They would beat Auburn. They would beat Arkansas. They're not beating Ole Miss and Alabama. You know that, and I know that. I think that they could beat Ole Miss. I think that they, not the way they. What kind of drugs it, are you on? They have a very explosive offense, and I look, I will sit here and say that I have questioned USC's defense. It has a lot of issues 
It's terrible. They have gotten burned by some bad teams. And Utah is not exactly the most explosive offense in the country, and they gave up a ton of points and got gashed by Dalton Kincaid, who's their starting tight end of all people, who was injured also for most of that game. But they have the offense. They have a, a far more talented and explosive and well-coached offense than, than Old Misses. I don't think that you, you can line both those teams up. And Old Miss is not winning in a shootout against USC. They have a Blitnikoff winner. USC can't get in a shootout against an SEC team. They can barely do things against Oregon State and Utah. You you really believe that Utah's a they were early? That was the, the Utah game, they put up 50 or 45 points or whatever it was. But Oregon State was early on in the season, and Jordan Addison was. So then, what's your excuse? Then what's your excuse? Then why can't you give the same thing for first game under Brian Kelly with LSU? I, my point exactly. So you're okay, giving USC, point. you're giving USC the pass, but first game Brian Kelly, you're not giving the pass to. That it, I, I'm not not giving. I'm not not giving it to them. That they like, lost I, by I one that two. That they lost by one two in week one. Okay, in a neutral yeah. site environment. So, right. I, I mean, come on now. And everybody, want, the, the argument is, well, Alabama's down. A down Alabama wins every other outside the Big Ten. A down Alabama would clean the clocks of every Power Five conference in the country. Mm. They would win the Pac-12. They would win the Big 12. They would win the they, ACC. They'd win the Big 12. They, they'd win the Big 12. They'd they would win, win the, the Pac-12. Stop it. Stop. Brother, uh, come on. Come on now. You're getting a little – get- The problem is I just – I wish USC had like a slightly better defense because my argument would be a little bit easier. But Hey, how's my, that my- cow game going? Oh, that's right. They could barely yeah, take please. down cow. Okay. Obviously – the way that they played against Cal in some of these games isn't great. But I'm saying neutral site, match up these teams, big game. They have the offense and the offensive firepower to out Not anymore, any Joe. If Travis dies down, they're f- – Well, he is down. He's they're fucked. Oh, I, I didn't hit the mute button. But they're screwed. Their offensive production wasn't coming from Travis Thigh. It's from everything that Caleb Williams is doing. I the, think that the two the, game, their two closest games, one they lost, the other was Oregon State, was their worst rushing game performances of the season. They almost got beat. Don't tell me Travis Dye doesn't mean anything. I'm not saying he doesn't mean anything, but their success doesn't isn't only going to come from having him. They have so many offensive weapons and so many receivers that they don't need to rely on their run game. What I happens to today if UCLA beats USC? Oh, then my argument's invalid. I'm, I'm, I'm not Okay, even, well, get ready the- because UCLA, yards per carry, is the number one team in the country against that defense. But I I really don't believe that, that UCLA is winning that okay, game. Okay, get ready. I really don't believe here it. Comes, here comes the uh, – here's another thing, too, that nobody's talking about. Mm-hmm. When's Lincoln Riley going to win a big game? At USC? Oh, in well, general. See, in general. Right. Name the big games that he's won. Because I'll wait. I mean, it's a good point. It's a good point. But the one thing I will say is that this USC team does feel like one that shows up against weaker opponents and looks past them. So, like, I don't necessarily Plays their want, competitions, is, what you're saying? Right. 
And I think it's difficult to really truly project how good they could be because they they have a tendency to play down to their their poor level of competition. I don't know. My argument is that I think if they showed up to play against an SEC opponent, that they would play at a completely different level. They have is the talent. Oregon's... It's not like we're sitting here. I think TCU is a different argument because they right, don't have that five-star talent. They don't have that those five-star players. The the, the receivers, a Blitnikoff winner, one of the best quarterbacks in college football, and Caleb Williams. I here's the one thing I'm afraid to ask you. Who do you think is better, Jaden Daniels or Caleb Williams? Come on now. Caleb Williams is just not, and I've said this before. Caleb Williams does not impress me all the time. He doesn't. Okay. Well, he, this season, are you he saying, have... are you saying, see, here's my problem, Joe. Who's yeah. like, whose ceiling's bigger? Caleb. Okay. Yeah, he's I, also I can't, younger. He's also younger. So I think his ceiling's bigger than Jaden. Jaden Daniels is playing better football than him right now in the SEC. In the SEC. But is it is it really, like, significantly that much better? Well, like, then if Caleb know. Williams is supposed to be this five-star ultra-talented dude, then I've got my – then I've got my – then I've got my case. Because, again, you can't tell – you cannot tell me that – like, everybody that's not in the SEC says, oh, there's SEC bias. Well, there's more SEC players that go into the NFL draft than any other conference in the country. You know right. that because you do the podcast. It's the best country in the, best conference in the country. Jaden right. Daniels is running away from five star dudes at Bama. He's running away against five star dudes and Drew Sanders. But but so that's my argument of why I think Caleb Williams is the better quarterback. He right might now, be the like overall better quarterback. I'm not going to disagree with you there. I think Jaden he's a fantastic athlete, and again, I've said this a million times on the show. He is the perfect quarterback for brian kelly in the offense in the in the type of scheme that he that he runs like he was what i think brandon wimbush was supposed to be wimbush was undersized and just you know didn't malik zaire like it's what those guys were supposed to be and jane daniels is playing up to that that level that they need him to but he's more athlete than quarterback right now like i i think caleb caleb has a bad offensive line in front of him and he is one of the least pressured in in sack quarterbacks right now because he is able to move in the pocket, extend plays, evade pressure really, really well. I and agree with doing that. that and I agree with, with his receivers the way that he does. Like, I, I think that if if it came down to a close game, if, if USC was able to keep it close with any of these SEC teams, he's somebody that I trust to go down and, and score on a, on, a, on a winning drive. He absolutely is. Name a big win that he has. Well, they haven't, again, they haven't played anyone. They've had a. An oh, oh, trip. thank you. But so they haven't played anybody. I so don't now, disagree that they haven't played anybody. But, but my, but my, my is point is, the, my point they have is. They the talent to compete. They have the talent to compete. They've got. The talent have, to compete? Their front yes, seven is cheeks, Duke. Joe, their front seven got pushed around by Cal. Don't you dare tell me that they could come in the SEC and not get pushed around. Stop. Joe, they no, got no, pushed no, 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 around. No. Okay, but let me ask you this: How many how many teams have the secondary to to cover those receivers in the SEC? You mean to the, te- the you mean to tell maybe. me you mean to tell me that you think LSU, who's known as DBU, doesn't have the DBs? You know what USC doesn't have? Mike drop. You ready? Harold Perkins. They ain't got Harold Perkins, brother. That's and there's forty five Harold Perkins. Not forty five. There's probably five Harold Perkinses. You're gonna see a Harold Perkins type talent every week. Everybody can make fun of Drew Sanders at Arkansas last week. He leads the conference in sacks. He leads the conference in tackles. 
Brother, this is a week-in, week-out basis. They haven't seen – name one defensive player, Emmanuel Forbes, as an example. Emmanuel Forbes at Mississippi State. He's the best DB in the country. He's the best DB in the country. Here's Emmanuel Forbes' stats. You ready for this? 17 tar- – in solo coverage, in single man-to-man coverage, 17 targets, one catch allowed, four interceptions. That's Mississippi State. They How did you pull that up it? so quickly, by the way? Well, first off – uh, Pooh Bear, can you pull this up? It's in the AYS chat room, oh. the AYS DM group. Brother, don't ask me about daddy's well, stats. Daddy's got stats out his ass. Okay? <laughs> All right. Okay. But my but point is, have, is wait, wait, a mid-tier, have, a mid-tier yes. SEC team has the best DB in the country. He's not He's, the best DB in the country. Clark Phillips at Utah is a better defensive back than he is. Clark then where Phillips are the results? He's... I forget what it, I don't I don't have stats to pull off. Emmanuel head, Forbes, is, Emmanuel Forbes, hold on. Emmanuel Forbes has had two Derek Stingley type seasons in the SEC. Two. What year is he? He's a junior. I'm telling you, he's the best DB in this class. Brother, he could get to 20 interceptions. not. I've evaluated this class. There's a I, number of guys that I have. Hey, how much you want to bet? Last time we betted you, we didn't do the bet, but I'll make this bet. Emmanuel brother Pooh Bear, please, sweet baby Jesus, pull these stats up, baby. Brother, he's had two Derek Stingley type of seasons. Okay. Right. Wait, wait, wait. wait. But, again, I haven't – I have evaluated this class. Clark Phillips, Keely Ringo. uh, He's better than Ringo. He's better than Ringo. He's not. He's not. Talent-wise? Yes. You know what? Look, he's given up – Ringo gave up more catches against TCU than Emmanuel Forbes has given up the entire his entire three years. Wait, TCU? Do you mean? I mean Tennessee. Tennessee. Ringo. Let me say this again. Ringo gave up more catches against Tennessee than what Emmanuel Forbes has given up his in his entire career at Mississippi State. Separate from Ringo, Clark Phillips is the better defensive back. Actualized Phillips, talent. He is Phillips has first more quarter, catches first, on him quarter. this season. Then what? I don't even know a good way to compare compare this, brother. They can't throw at him. Pooh, I pray. I'm, I'm. Hold on. Again, he's great. Like he's he's a great player, but Clark Phillips is a more talented defensive back. It's All right, so we got to get to TCU. Back. We're gonna keep yeah. we're gonna keep this argument. I gotta show you yeah. this right quick. Hold on, hold on. Here we go. This right here. Look at this. Emmanuel Forbes in single coverage this season. 17 targets, one catch allowed, four interceptions, 0.0 passer rating allowed. That's in the SEC. Those are great stats. Those are great stats, but I I see performances like that from Clark Phillips, too. Not in the SEC, you don't. Name the best. Who's the best wide receiver in the pack? Who's the best wide receiver in the pack? Jordan Addison. Mario Williams, those, that's just on one Wait, team. Addison got hurt against Utah. What are you talking he about? Did, no, but he, I mean, he did get hurt. But my point is that you're saying who's the best receiver in the in the Pac-12. They've got receivers And he didn't play Pac-12. against him. That's beside the point. But How is it beside no the point? Receivers. This guy's had two Derek Stingley-type seasons, and you're saying he's not the best DB. Is Derek, was Derek Stingley the best DB in last year's class? He was up there. Okay, if he Sauce was up was, there, was the better defensive back. And oh he's playing as the better defensive back in the NFL. We're we're not going to agree on this. Hey, how, 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 this. let me. 
He's got 13 interceptions in three years. Pull up, pull up how many interceptions Clark Phillips has. I would love to. I, I, I you know, what? I'm gonna pull it up on my phone. Okay, like, I'm actually, really nervous about this up. one. Matt Sims can be like, this guy from Louisiana is a dumbass. <laughs> he yells, you know. Uh, all right, no, we Matt, do got Matt, one Matt's minute. great. I'm sure he's excited to talk to us. Well, we do got one minute. Do you? How do we want to get to this TCU? Do you want to go one minute, really quick shot? I'll give you the TCU one. Yeah, I mean, this is again more resume based, but I, I think that. Everybody oh, is. look at here. It's ain't. Oh, poor little Phillips. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Over three years, he only has eight interceptions. I thought he has more than that. No. Nope. Sorry. Lost. Uh, <laughs> all right. TCU, you know, very quickly. Go, I'm not go, go, go. Go. Okay. TCU. All right. All I had to say about TCU is I think everybody assumes that I they have played a more difficult schedule than people are, are willing to give them credit for. They have played... Okay, th thanks for just completely, you know. He's got four now. interceptions. Get out of here. Not, no, 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 no. That's not right. That's not right. Where did the eight come from? No, I don't. No, no, no. I need to look this up after the show because I, I could have sworn that he's had eight, inter eight interceptions. More than that. Oh. <laughs> Pooh Bear played you. <laughs> it wow. is eight. Talk about some bias over here. <laughs> okay. 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 He got Pooh Bear uh, got you, dog. He got you. <laughs> That's what you call a good producer right my there. Point with my point with TCU is that I think that they've played a more difficult schedule than people are, are willing to admit. Kansas State, I believe that um, Texas is better than than people are willing to get. Kansas State for. lost to Tulane. Uh, actually, that my Tulane argument goes away because they lost to UCF. Yeah, but they yep. have multiple ranked wins on their on their schedule and their in like their resume. Home. And look, the way that they played against Texas and Texas kept Alabama really freaking close without Quinn Ewers. They, I understand that they have not played up to the 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 expectations that I think that we had for them at the beginning of the season, but that is a really good Texas team that they completely shut out. They took Bijan, who's the best running back in the country, out of the game. That takes some really good defensive fortitude to do that. Like, I, I just think that everyone assumes, like, oh, it's TCU. They never actually actualize the, the, the town and the expectations that they have, but this is a different team. They've got, they've got a lot of really good athletes. They are one of the most explosive offenses in the country in terms of uh, yards per reception, yards per completion. Like they've got the dudes and they got the ability to score really quickly. They, I know that they didn't look great against Texas, but I don't see a reason why that they can't compete with one of the top four teams. They're not going to win, but they can at least compete. They're not getting smoked like everyone assumes. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I. I I'm not. Mm -mm. We yelled enough. Yeah, we yelled enough. And Ben's outside saying, "Daddy, calm down." His ex my my three year old son's words just now were, "Daddy, stop absolutely roasting Uncle Joe." That's exactly what he just said. Oh, I'm Uncle Be Joe. Yeah, uh, because you're. Oh, cool. so you didn't hear that you got absolutely roasted, but yes, you are Uncle Joe. And then you got uh, the Pooh the Pooh Bear, our producer, the Pooh Bear. It's not Pooh Bear. The it's Pooh Bear. the Pooh Bear. The Pooh Bear. All right, let's get to our first break, Joe. That was a good one. Great debate. Okay. We're going to get back I to it. I, I definitely didn't win. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend. I, I usually win most debates, but I was fighting for my life. I'm going to sit here and admit that I was. All right. Well, Pooh Bear and them at the Gold Moo Pot, uh, who is also part of our Believe Brotherhood, they yes. have a shirt that says loud and wrong. Well, Big Daddy was just loud and right. So I'm just going to say that. All right. I'm joking. Okay. All right. Let's get to our good friends over at betonline.ag. Guys, a big weekend 
Go over and bet at our good friends over at betonline.ag. Use that promo code BELIEVE50 at checkout and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, betonline.ag is betonline.ag. All right, first break. We got former Tennessee quarterback Matt Sims joining us next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. All right, we are joined by former Tennessee quarterback and our good buddy, Matthew Sims. Matt, what's going on, man? What's up, man? How are you? I don't know if you heard the debate just now. <laughs> I saw that. I, I just caught. I caught the back end of it. And okay. uh, listen, I don't want any of that that smoke. You know, no, uh, no pun intended there. But man, that was uh, that was something. And Joe, like, let's go, man. You know, we, if you believe in it, you got to defend yourself a little well, bit better well, than well, that. Well, Matt, let me just oh, say this. I was, I was oh. playing for my life. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, let <laughs> me just go ahead and say this. It's not the first way I wanted to present myself to a former Tennessee quarterback in the SEC, but nevertheless, I apologize for my actions for absolutely nothing. I mean, Joe deserved what he got. I'm just letting you know. Anyway, all right. No, man. no doubt. And listen, you don't you never have to, you know, defend yourself <laughs> that way. It's all good, man. Like, hey, you just stick stick true to what you believe in, and, and that's, that's what's going to be the main thing at the end of the day so it was enjoyable to watch for sure absolutely got a kick out of it oh i did absolutely speaking of teams and i gotta match this energy too man let's go let's go speaking of teams though that are in the top five obviously tennessee is um just give us a rundown look i i think this is just my personal opinion are they gonna beat south carolina absolutely but later in the season we've seen historically that team that these games in the sec are a little bit get a little bit closer I guess, what are your thoughts about today going up against South Carolina and Tennessee, if you have any? Well, I mean, I think just like the big part of it really is just that Tennessee is that team that they know that they control their own destiny in this situation, right? Right. So I think that's an extremely powerful message that you can get through to the team of just saying, man, if we control what we can control each and every time that we step on that football field, that gives you a tremendous advantage going into the season. Now, hey, at the other end of the ball, South Carolina is saying the exact opposite. Hey, we can ruin these dudes' season if we go out there and just put on a show. You know, and anybody can do it just that one week. So I think it's it's going to be just a, a, a grudge match. Tennessee-South Carolina is always a fun game. It's always a fun atmosphere. And uh, this one will be interesting, but, you know, definitely have to give the edge, obviously, to Tennessee and just the way that they uh, really kind of responded after that tough loss in Georgia. Go ahead, and Matt, I don't mean to, to – immediately redirect this off of Tennessee too quickly. Um, but I really <laughs> I, I did think that was the only reason why I was on this damn show. But all right, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> well, well, as I, That's cool, well, though. <laughs> as, I, as I did text you during the week, though, uh, yeah. I really wanted to talk about Lane Kiffin. Because, okay. mean, 
this realistically this Tennessee matchup they're gonna they're gonna smoke they're gonna smoke South Carolina but all right <laughs> you had the privilege of, of being recruited by Lane Kiffin and yes sir Lane Kiffin ended up leaving he goes to USC and I just want your thoughts of of knowing him there's a lot of well I clearly there. didn't know him that well because he left when I was only there for about five <laughs> days so you know and I think three of those days he spent at U- USC you know doing that whole spiel with them so yeah, uh to the, say that I know him you know that's right I what don't was know the whole timeline again so like he recruited you you showed up and you were really attracted to to playing under him and then he, he no doubt no doubt. I mean, at the time, I uh, was playing junior college football out in El Camino uh, in Torrance, California. Um, and Juco football was amazing. It was a great experience. I mean, it's just like old school renegade football. You have no idea what the hell is going on each and every week. But then, uh, you know, went on a trip to Tennessee, saw the practice, saw the atmosphere, met with Lane, the whole team, and just was like, man, like, this is it. I got to get into the SEC. I got to play for this dude. We're going to take over the SEC East with this guy at the helm. And, um, you know, committed really quickly in the process. Like, as soon as I went there, I saw the stadium, saw the coach, met all of them, you know, got the whole vibe. I was like, yeah, let's go. Sign me up, you know. And this was before all the NIL stuff, too. So, I can only imagine what that had been like nowadays. But, um, you know, the greatest thing about it really is just that Tennessee has a lot of selling points, too, um, at that point. You know, and especially for a guy who was playing in junior college football with only, like, 50 people in the stands, you know, to think you were going to be playing against 110,000 people on every weekend, you know, was very attractive to me. Um, and, of course, playing against a lot of future NFL football players. Mm. The situation, though, was uh, was weird because I was there for about a week. Um, that was the time where a lot of people were saying no to the USC job. Mm. And each and every time that somebody said no, I got a little bit more and more nervous with potentially Lane's name coming up. And I'll never forget the day where I was in that uh, facility that day. I got a text message, a mass text message that said, uh, be in the team meeting room at 7 p.m. And as soon as I got the text message, I said, oh, man, like this is not good. Like something happened. And uh, sure enough, I kept watching film because I was trying to just, you know, get acclimated with the offense and all that kind of stuff and get ready for spring football. I got this weird smell of smoke in the building and was like, this is the craziest part about all what that. is going on right now? I was very confused. I walk outside the hall thinking like, is there a fire? Keep walking down the hall, go to the front. And there's about 1,000, 1,500 students and fans outside oh, the football God. facility. Mattresses were burning. Um, you know, there were some signs that said, you know, certain things to Lane directly uh, or indirectly on there. And it was just, uh, it was unbelievable. And then the exit meeting was like an all-time experience uh, with Lane walking in with like his uh, his peacoat on. And uh, man, it was, uh, what did he it say? was awkward as hell. <laughs> what he, what, can you share what he said? Uh, so the energy in the room you know, obviously by that time, everybody knew what was going on. ESPN had already announced it. Everyone knew that he was going to USC. So the energy in the room was just a lot of people, you know, just talking loudly, angrily at the situation, uh, trying to get clarification on exactly how this took place, especially too, because everyone was just selling the dream of this new Tennessee under lane, especially with me in this recruiting process. And uh, man, when he walked in, the room got like, little quiet, like awkwardly quiet. And Condridge Holloway tried to manage the situation. Uh, the great Tennessee Vol tried to say, all right, hey, guys, like, you know, Lane's going to come up here and talk for a minute. 
And then everyone kind of chimed in and like, you know, it was kind of like a little crazy that way. Finally, Lane steps up there and he goes, you know, guys, great opportunity for me and my family to go to USC. It's always been the dream job. And then a few players stood up and basically just said F you to Lane, like right then and there in front of the entire team and the whole thing. So it was it was really awkward to say the least. Um, and listen, you know, we're at the time, you know, we were young men. So you can understand why people feel the way that they do when they've been sold a certain yeah. dream. And now that person that sold you the dream is leaving. Um, so it was it was wild for sure. And Lane really couldn't finish his goodbye speech. He basically was just like, I'll be in my office. Anybody wants to say goodbye or whatever, let's talk. You know, other than that, man, good luck and go Vols. And that's when everyone was like, oh, F you. Uh, you know, it just went crazy. So it was it was wild. It was definitely something out of a movie for sure. And then he gets left on the tarmac three years later, which is so wild. <laughs> you know, like, oh man, man, it was uh, it was wild though for sure. And that, and now regarding to the situation with him and Auburn, I mean, dude's getting paid seven point five million dollars from Ole Miss. You know, so what's Auburn going to bring to the table? And I've heard too that Ole Miss wants to restructure it again to make it even more attractive for him. You know, I don't know what your guys are opinion of that, but yeah, well, you know, what I want to ask Matt is like you, knowing all that and like laying out the the monstrosity that he basically dropped on Tennessee and the way that he handled it. Like, do you think that he's going to leave for this Auburn job? He seems like somebody who's quick to relocate. Or let me, yeah, I mean, let me yeah, go ahead, go ahead, quick. Blake. Do, do you think it'll be cleaner because he had that experience? To add to that, do you think that it would be cleaner if he were to exit? Do you think he'll be no now because he went through the Tennessee stuff? I think that's a great thought, right, Blake? I mean, you would like to think that now that he's had that experience, it definitely would be a cleaner exit if he were to leave for Auburn. You know, the one thing that was unfortunate, I think, at that time period is that, like, the team found out about it before on ESPN before right. he was able to speak his piece. You know, and that was the unfortunate thing of just, you know, the time frame that we live in now, you know, with every be everything being so out in front. Right. Mm. Um, so I think if this is a thing that he does decide to do, it would be something where he decides it privately in a small group setting and then tells the team and then it's publicly announced, you know, the proper way um, for it to be a cleaner thing. The awkward thing is that it's, it's the same division. That's what's awkward. And that you're going to play against them every year. You know, that's what's weird as hell to me. So, um, I don't know how it goes. But, yeah, Lane has had a career, though, too, where he doesn't really seem to stay in one spot for very long, even if that one spot seems to be a great spot to be in. I think the only reason he leaves is, and as crazy as this sounds, Lane, if you've covered the SEC like I've done for the last seven years, he – has very, made it very well known that Ole Miss and their boosters will not pay for NIL. And he's right. getting out recruited. Last week, Auburn let it be known that they donated or have donations of $13 million in the NIL collective. And I think I, – I, and Lane said last week, like, look, guys, I don't care that we're close to beating Alabama. I want to win a national title. Right. So, Matt, if there is a reason why I think he would leave, I think Lane's made too much, so much money now. Like, I think he's, I think he's to the point where he really does want him a national title. I don't know. And I just don't know if you can get that at Ole Miss versus Auburn. That would be, that would be my only question is can he yeah, get you, there? You say Auburn's an easier path to being a national champion. I don't know if it's an easier path because, okay. look, I mean, look, in state recruiting recruit. against Nick is really difficult, yeah. but. Yeah. 
I do think that he's able to get better talent at Auburn because, look, LSU's plucking kids out of Mississippi whether he likes it or not, okay? If they want to yeah. the number one receiver in Mississippi, they're going to get him. Lane right. doesn't have the booster base that I think Auburn would supply him with to say, hey, I want to go out to California and get a five-star quarterback. Let's go give him an NIL deal. I, Ole Miss isn't doing that. And right. so that would be my only question. Or like for them, I, I mean, I think it's a great point, and I think that's something too that maybe under the circumstances of the situation, maybe Ole Miss is kind of thinking about. All right, like maybe we do have to change our ways. Now that's a tough thing to say too, just because we know sometimes how these SEC schools are kind of stuck in their ways because it's worked for them for so long. But that is going to be a question, and also too, you know, the NILs. I know they're important, but I mean, hey. Texas A&M, they threw a lot of NIL money out there too, and I see them right now as one and six in the conference. So it's not <laughs> that sounds it's so not, great. Sounds it's so just good. like it's not necessarily the end all be all Correct. to being you know to getting those dubs in that win column, right? Mm-hmm. So you know it's like Texas A&M is also showing you that yeah, you could throw uh, you know a lot of money into that angle. But at the end of the day, if the product on the field isn't getting you wins, what does it matter? You know, you're just you know, helping kids have a better life, you know, at the end of the day. So it, it's very curious. Auburn's new facility, though, whoa, dude, that thing is uh, – I don't even – like, it's from another planet how cool that thing is. You could spend your entire week in there and not get bored, you know. Well, like, it's I, I saw a thing where they had this little control place or, like, a little thing that spins <laughs> – like, you get in it, you, it spins around. It tells you how much body fat you have. Now, first off, what? my – my fat ass isn't getting in it, you know, because I, I you know, I don't want to know. <laughs> it's my, a bod pod. That's not yeah. like that fancy, you know, hey, but man, it is cool I, that they got that, you know. Well, yeah. I don't know another SEC team that's got a bod pod, you know, like. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Joe, you, yeah, got one, you got one more from Matt over here? Yeah, I want to just ask, uh, Matt, you, you do the college football recruiting show with me, and we, we had the opportunity to evaluate some really talented quarterbacks at the very yeah. beginning of the cycle, and that was the first show that we did, and that might have been one of the the more fun ones to do, getting to hear your thoughts on these quarterbacks. Right. I think everyone's spending so much time talking about Arch Manning and Malachi Nelson, but being a former Vol and, and knowing Nico Ayamalavea, I think I pronounced that right this time, which I did not do on the, the show when we did that episode. <laughs> but just like knowing Nico and, and the situation he's stepping into, do you think that like he could maybe be better than what Hendon Hooker has been? Do you think that like Ooh. he has that a really high ceiling to be be as talented as some people expect? Well, I think the great thing for Nico is is that now the system is in place. Hendon Hooker was the guy that was a part of the rebuild. And typically what happens in the rebuild is that you're making chicken salad out of someone else's chicken doo-doo, you know? And, (laughs) And they did that, you know? And they changed the culture, you know, in that short period of time. So now Nico is gonna reap the benefits of, you know, having that attractiveness for the next few generations of recruits to say, yeah, we want to go to Tennessee because we see what it's like. We saw that Tennessee-Alabama game, and we're going to be there for that. We want to beat Alabama, smoke those cigars with Peyton Manning, and ball out, you know? And and that's where I think him going forward, that gives him a tremendous ability to potentially have uh, a, a great, fantastic career at Tennessee just because of the momentum they're slowly building. You know, it's like you saw with Alabama. Alabama's best football teams, you know, it's like it started with Greg McElroy at quarterback. 
you know, and then like each and every year, every position and the quarterbacks gradually got better and better and better. Now, did the quarterbacks actually get that much better? We don't know, but the team got that much better. And when you have a great football team around you, you can see that great quarterbacks can look really, really awesome and even better than what maybe people perceive them to be, no matter who you think you are, you know? So that's that's what's a cool situation about it. It's crazy Saban will go 0-4 in national title runs with Tua, like as complete starters, not coming in at halftime. 0-4 right. in national title runs with Bryce Young and Tua. That's insane yeah. to me. It's insane. Best, I, two best quarterbacks. Well, it is, but I'm going to tell you, y'all going to rip me alive on this. I'm going to tell you this right now. They're better suited for a Mac Jones for what Saban wants to do. Yeah. He still at heart wants to run the football, dude. Run the football, play action, over the top. That's been Saban's MO for, since he was at LSU. I'm just going to throw that out there. Don't watch Jalen Milrow, too. Watch. I'm just telling you. Y'all going to be no, saying? It, listen, it, it's definitely a, a trend that I think will gain more and more, uh, you know, trending capacity as the years go along. Because we've been so pass-heavy and pass-aggressive, you know, these past five or six years. Eventually, one of these schools, and you, you make a great point, Alabama would probably be the first to dive back into the pool of like, all right, can you stop old-school power, you mm -hmm. know, with the great running backs that we've had? You know, the reason why a lot of coaches get out of that offense is because it's really hard to teach and it's really hard to execute routinely over and over and over again. You know, this spread it out kind of stuff and just throw bubble screens and throw goes. That's easy because you're just thinking, man, it's one on one. Throw that damn thing. You know, so eventually I, I think there will be a time where one of these teams will go back to a little bit more of an old school mentality and try to shorten the game, control the tempo of the game and physically beat down teams. You know, the problem is, though, is that Alabama defensively hasn't been what they've been, you know, of late, where they've been a little bit more of just like kind of that lockdown defense where that really kind of made their claim and, and their name. All right, Matt Sims, the best number 12 and 2, correct? Uh, that's correct. I was 12 and 2. I gave yeah. 12. Uh, that was a shout-out to my pops, you know, because he wore 12 in college. Yeah. And then uh, the deuce, that's just like a family number with my brother and I for sure. Rocky Top will always be home sweet home to me. <laughs> no doubt. No All doubt, right, buddy. We'll, we'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank so you so much, much Matt. Matt. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate you having me. All right, me. that's you. former Tennessee quarterback Matthew Sims. Fantastic. Dude's great, man. He's yeah, great. I, I love working with Matt, and I'm going to text him right now to say thank you. But that We need to get him on really for like stuff. a whole hour of like QB talk, dude. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that, that would be it's, fantastic. It's fun doing that recruiting show with him because he's just got so much – so much oh dude and we didn't even get to floor like we wanted to get to some florida recruiting too i mean yeah. they're kicking it off too we'll, we'll, we'll get them on we'll get them on again to, to, to talk a little bit more all right awesome but we got to go to i can't say do you want to say it i can't i can't say it anymore cockvember 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 i can't do it but we're going to do it with the bostonian smart pock mike yuva is going to join us next out there in south carolina but it's got our good friends over at gramco the .com. we were turning 45 seconds with your favorite South Carolina and Boston dude, Mike Yuva. Guys, I've got to talk to you about our good friends over at Gramco. They are the Delta company based out of the state of Florida. They're founded by college football junkies just like you and I, and I am not sure if you're familiar with Delta 8, but you need to be. Gramco is the absolute leader in this field, and they have phenomenal products that I just need to tell you about. First off is the wake and bake coffee that is absolutely spectacular. 
the gummies are as well as they're the best in the market. So go to thegramco.com right now and use the promo code AYS25. That's thegramco.com, AYS25 promo code to get 25% off of your order. Jump on this fast as it is perfect for holidays, anniversaries, and everyday use. Gramco is hemp-derived and completely legal inside of the state of Louisiana. No medical card is needed, and shipping is very discreet. You must be 21 years older to order. Again, that's thegramco.com. Use that promo code, AYS25. All right, we're joined by my good buddy, our good buddy, Mike Yuva out there in South Carolina covering the Gamecocks, but it looks like you're back in Bostonia, my man. We are. We got to cover the Patriots tomorrow, so mm. we have uh, clam chowder. You got some clam chowder on the pot ready to go? <laughs> I need some, man. It's soup season for sure up here. It's frigging 30-something degrees out there. Went to uh, some high school semifinal action. Actually, my dad just happened to be his team playing last night. They're heading back. They call it the Super Bowl up here. D1's the mm. highest. All you freaking other people across the world, right? doing d5 as the highest d6 you guys are a bunch of friggin' schmucks all right i'm not that smart to be able to figure out what what, what is which uh when i'm outside of the state so um yeah that, that is something that it's weird though when you think about it you call it d1 for college football right the highest yeah. d1 i don't understand why high schools need to reinvent the wheel so that's that's what grinds my gear on this because there's some kids in high school that can't grow above five you know they you know this is the brow the brain works you know mike i mean Especially here, you know, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. All right, Mike, you've joining us. Mike, big game today. Tennessee, yeah. South Carolina. I got to ask you this first question, though. I, I can't get behind this Cocktober, Cockvember. Am I the only person, like, or is this, is South Carolina fans, like, is this just a big thing, Cocktober and Cockvember? Cocktober is over. That ended in 2018 when Jackie Bradley Jr. and Steve Pierce helped the Red Sox win the World Series and became the very first two players to go ALCS MVP and World Series MVP from the same college in the same year. That's never happened before in the 100-plus year history of Major League Baseball. Now, that award, those awards have not been around as long, but that's not the point. Um, but, you know, look, it's cute. People want to make T-shirts, do this and that. It's fine. I mean, there's really not a lot to be happy about these last – a um, couple weeks. I know they had the win against Vanderbilt, but look, I think bottom line is if this is going to be called Cockvember, whatever the hell they're calling it, um, it's probably going to be one that people are going to want to forget because, mm. I mean, the way it's looking right now, South Carolina could end the year on a three-game losing streak. I know they, they lost last week, so they're on one, uh, but obviously a very difficult task with Tennessee coming into town today and then uh, Clemson to close out the year. I don't Look, I, I, let me say this. I do feel it's going to be a little closer than some experts think, but then something just tells me, Mike, like don't get your hopes up behind that. Like, I, I mean, Tennessee's a really, really, really good football team. Yeah, I mean, look, these last couple weeks, you could have at least, you know, done what I call mental pretzels uh, or mental mm. uh, gymnastics to be able to convince yourself why it should be a game. This one, I, I can't. I can't. Um, I do think they'll cover, even without having Marshawn Lloyd out there. They're starting running back, and then their number two running back, Christian Beal Smith, which has really been an issue of the, for this team. You know, we talk about identity. It's such a cliche phrase that people like tossing around in sports, especially when you're talking about, you know, a, a team that has struggled to find any type of identity from a passing standpoint. And you've also heard the offensive coordinator who 
deservingly so, has took a lot of um, scrutiny this season. But I bring all that up because he has even said, the OC Marcus Satterfield, that they need to be able to run the football. And this is maybe a month ago, back during October. Um, So, you know, I I say all that because I don't know what they're going to be able to do from a running standpoint. They've had uh, Jaheim Bell, the tight end, play running back the last couple weeks. Like, what does that tell you, though, in terms of the confidence level? I know the fans are upset. Okay, why aren't they using this guy? Why aren't they using that guy? They just feel better with him out there. And I think that just also goes to show just how they've really struggled to find any type of identity without Marshawn. Because Marshawn has just been phenomenal this year. Great story. Tore his ACL a couple days in two years ago during uh, his freshman season. Um, struggled to really get past the mental hurdles more than anything his sophomore mm-hmm. year. Then he's been one of the better running backs this season, at least statistically. So um, not having him today, you know, you're trying to find any type of, okay, is there a possibility? Is this or that? And I could be dead wrong. It'd be great for me to be dead wrong. Um, but I just can't see it, especially without having Lloyd. Even if Lloyd was in there, I think there's still, you know, there's still too much uh, power that Tennessee has to be able to keep up with them. I'm a big fan of Jaheim Bell, actually, and I will say that that's a smart decision. And I didn't even know that they were using him as a running back because he he is that that H back flex type guy. And when I did my draft evaluation on him, I was trying to figure out if is he a tight end, is he a fullback. But that's interesting that that's how they're using him. But one thing I just want to ask you, and I remember we we talked about it when we had you on early on in the season about like expectations for for Rattler and, and Stogner in that offense. They haven't really lived up to it. And it sounds like, would you say that the main reason why that they're not having success stems from the that inability to to set up the pass with the run? Or do you think there's maybe some deeper issues with, with that offensive grouping? I think that the issues start um, with just the inability to really capitalize on the talent that they have. Um, you know, one thing that I've noticed, and we may have mentioned this on your show, I've said it on other shows, you know, for people that, don't know who the heck I am from a bucket of paint. Um, I'm covering both <laughs> South Carolina and the Patriots this fall. I'm double dipping. Um, got a unique opportunity the very last minute right before college football season, so I'm still doing both. But I say all that because, and you guys get this, you know, I'm sure there's people that uh, follow the Saints down there, in particular their LSU fans, the difference between criticizing a college team versus criticizing a pro team, right? It seems like it's right. more so right. college it's more so directed at the coaches rather than the players. Right. I still think you hold players accountable. Um, obviously, it's not going to be the exact same way that you would criticize a player like you would for, from an NFL standpoint. I bring all that up because when I say that, I really want to explain that, that when I'm saying what the, the issues are with South Carolina, a lot of it does have to do with the play calling. And that's not just college talk, right? So that's how I decipher it, right? It's the truth. I think when you look at the last two years with this offense, they've they've just really struggled to really click. Um, and it goes back on the offensive coordinator. I mean, it really does. And the best way to describe it is I feel like Satterfield is kind of like that person that you're dating who when you get into that relationship, they bring a lot of good to the table. You see a lot of good in them. But over time, you realize, like, you know what? It's not that they don't know what they're doing. Um, or it's not, you know, it, it's not like they're not bringing a lot to the table. It's just not what we're looking for right now. And I feel like that's kind of where South Carolina has hit a wall with their offense is that they have talent that's not being utilized. And that falls back on the offensive coordinator. You've got to find ways 
to capitalize on, like you mentioned, a guy like Bell, a guy like Josh Van, a guy like Juice Wells, who's done an incredible job since making the move up from James Madison. They have talent. No one's saying that they have the talent to be able to compete for an SEC East title, but they have way too much talent on offense for them not to be doing more. And six I think, points is bad. Last and week. I think it, 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 not to keep on rambling, but the person that I haven't mentioned, Spencer Rattler, it's not like he's off the hook completely. But when you're struggling to be able to figure out, number one, like I said, the identity, which I hate freaking people using that phrase. It's such a clutch word you lean on. Agreed. But between that, between that, and then just the the inability to find any type of rhythm on offense of knowing, okay, who's our guy? What are we going to do? Um, it's really struggled. Uh, this offense has really struggled this year. And I think, you know, with Rattler, is he the greatest thing since sliced bread? No. But I don't think he's as bad as what we're seeing right now because we've seen him do some special things. It's just that as a whole, this offense is just an absolute mess. That's why it doesn't matter. Oh, throw this quarterback. I don't care if you throw freaking Connor Sean. I don't think it's going to make a difference right now. Yeah. Joe, I don't know how you feel about this. Look, I don't – you know, the stat line for Spencer Rattler is always really interesting to me, like at the end of the game, like the box score. Like, I think he's got eight touchdowns, nine interceptions, right? But the crazy thing is, is he's still 67% completion percentage guy. You know, he's still at eight yards yeah. per – he's still at eight yards per carry. But, like, I popped in the I popped in the film from last week, and I went and looked up PFF's drop rankings for receivers. South Carolina's up there, and he's not getting oh. a lot of help, right? Like – they almost lead the country in drops, okay? And so I'm not saying Spencer Rattler, to your point, is great by any means because I think he's not played great at all. At the same time, he has not gotten hardly any help around him with all those drops that are surrounding him too. Joe, yeah, I see you're shaking your head. No, no, I'm agreeing with you. It's, it's, it's. I mean, he's bad, but then you couple that with what you're talking right. about. Right. I mean, what leads to six points. Well, like, so, like last week, for an example, I, I like watching the game, and and Mike, you can speak on this. Like, they're going down, they're they're driving, they're running the football a little bit effectively, and then he throws a quick slant, dropped. He throws an out route, dropped. I, I mean, you just so can't bad. have those stupid little things because that's what piles on, and then Spencer gets in his head and just tries to force things he shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, and look. I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, you know, you take this away, take that away. But, yeah, I think I believe, I know at least two of them, I believe three, but I know two in particular from the South Carolina State game literally hit receivers right in the hand. I don't want right. to say receivers. Right, right. Xavier Leggett, uh, he bounced back a couple weeks later, had a nice 100-yard kickoff return against A&M. Um, but he had two drops that game, and they led to interceptions. So I say all that because I don't want to say his – his stats are misleading. I think that category for sure. Um, when you talk about some of the interceptions, but he's also made some bonehead decisions. Right. Agreed. Which he'd be the first, he'd be the first mm-hmm. to tell you, you know, you think back and I know it's, it's a while ago, but you think back to the beginning of the season, I think it was against Georgia. There was like a wheel route and he just, he just threw it up. It kind of looked like Brett Favre going, you know, opposite <laughs> sideline trying to throw it across. Oh, Oakland field. Raiders dad passed away game. Remember he was throwing in like yeah. quadruple coverage. He didn't give a shit that game. (laughs) And I do feel like, you know, the crazy part about it, the offensive line has got better as the season's gone on. They've had some crappy performances over the last couple weeks, but they got better for a period of time where you were able to at least get him in a position to be able to make some plays. I think the thing with Rattler that I've noticed more than anything is he looks more comfortable 
when he's working outside of the pocket when it's designed compared to and I guess you know it's like no shit Mike but when when he's being flushed out um when it's designed and that's that's where it goes back with the run game being able to get the run going play action boot RPOs all that stuff that we that people love to be able to mention when you get that going for him it really changes his ability to get get the ball moving down the field so Again, today against Tennessee, of course, the Vols have one of the better rush defenses in the country without your top two running backs, and we'll see. Does Jaheim Bell start at running back? Possibility. Uh, If he doesn't, you have Juju McDowell, which is a shifty back. He's not really someone that you can, you know, give the ball to 20 times between the tackles. He's just not big enough to do that. Uh, A lot of fun to watch, though, when he's out in space. And then you got some other guys that really haven't had as many carries. Um, it's interesting. Lavasier Carroll transferred back in from Georgia, played defensive back. He was, he's a running back, though. Really haven't seen him at all at running back. Um, Rashad Amos is another running back. So I bring up these names because without running the football, even though Tennessee has one of the worst pass defenses in the country, I think they're seventh worst in the country. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't care what you are. It's kind of like little Johnny playing youth basketball. If he can only dribble with his right hand, if he's a one-trick pony, it becomes really easy to defend him. So with South Carolina, right, if you know they're going to just drop back, pass, 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 even with one of the worst pass defenses in the country, it becomes easy. All right, Mike, last one. Final, uh, score prediction, Tennessee, South Carolina? I went 38-20 uh, Tennessee. I think the Gamecocks will find a way to cover. I know some people might be like, all right, well. No, I'm right you, there with you, Mike. I'm right there with you. I, I said that when you told me. 20 is a low total, I, too, to give up if, if you're Tennessee. Or, and I think if you're, and some people right. are going to say, yeah. oh, you know, that's a lot of points for South Carolina to score. What are they going to get, a special teams touchdown? They could. They might. But, you know, I, I do think, and I mean, it's it's really like, you know, like you're watching the movie The Waterboy, you know, even though it's <laughs> the last game. You know, last game, what do you got to lose? Like, really, what do you have to lose today? Mm. Go out there. I'm sure there's going to be some trick plays. Uh, I'm not saying that Tennessee's not going to be ready for it, but yeah, um, I think if they can just make this a game close early on, if not, I mean, this could be a track meet. It could get ugly fast. If South Carolina wins, clam chowder on me for the entire bar. That's all I've got to say. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I, I, I have that now. I need, I need, you know, send me up some collards or, you know, some pickled okra. You know, I'm, miss, I'm missing my southern food. You know, some brisket. Oh, I'll send you some fried, some crawfish and deep fried chicken, baby. I mean, let's go, let's go all out here. Mm. I, I don't know how that's going to last being shipped that may not that may be a little you can freeze crawfish you can freeze crawfish yeah don't 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 tip brother don't tip (laughs) all right mike yuva my buddy thank you bud we'll we'll talk really soon thank you so much for joining us awesome appreciate you guys all right that's mike yuva joining us bound chicka wow try to get drunk time to get blasted you need a beer or or this drink from jenna after your horrible take this morning it's also a more appropriate time for me to start drinking because but yeah it's uh, 11 o'clock for you right oh yeah it was so nice I, like not waking up at the crack of dawn and then and, and trying to, to yeah get myself mentally prepared but ironically i was the least mentally prepared out of any episode by the way that i got worked at the beginning of this this episode this, this, this i don't know how to put this i've been preparing since you said this sent this last night like I, i've been up did since... you actually do you you no not i can't be honest I, I've, yeah. I've had this argument all week. It's just that at this point, it's routine. I feel like all of my, I feel like I just let all of my anger out on you, and and I should probably apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, tr- trust me. I brought it upon myself. I think that that was that was certainly justified. I still don't move off of my take. 
but you definitely kicked my ass. That's all. All right. Let's get to our good friend, Jenna Drinks. Jenna Dudleson joins us next. Let's talk about our good friends one more time over at betonline.ag and our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons down here in Louisiana. GM Varno and Sons.com. We return in one minute and 30 seconds. Time to get wasted. Is it white girl wasted? Can we say white girl wasted on here? Uh, Jenna might get mad at that. All right. We'll ask her. Next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you. And then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell me, good friend, Blake Rafino, sit you on by. She's oh, back. back. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I've saved that for you all day. I've had like four opportunities, Jenna, <laughs> to play that, and I've saved it all. I've saved it for you because you weren't with us last week, but you join us here again. How are you? I am good. I, I appreciate the the welcome back. What a what a what a comeback, man, and what a way to even make me feel more awake than the two cups of coffee I've already had this morning. Okay, well, I, so listen, I see that you have a poster behind you, or it looks like a poster, but my yes. mother's going to be really excited that we have to watch that movie every single Christmas, yes. White Christmas. Yes. So I, I, I dig the poster here. Blake, are it's you familiar a- with my take that I the, uh, my take on Christmas movies? Have we discussed this before? No, we have are not discussed this. Are you going to become a curmudgeon right now, Joe? Oh, I hate Christmas movies. They're all Get terrible. Out. I refuse Just- to watch them. I oh refuse to watch them. I like the holidays. I like Christmas. I hate Christmas movies. Okay. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes or no? No, it's not. It's not no. a Christmas movie. It is a movie that happens okay. during Christmas. This was... By the way, I stand by this take so much. This was in my Hinge profile, <laughs> and it was it was it started a conversation between me and my girlfriend. So it, it helped. My distaste for Christmas movies helped me. Okay, let me ask wow. you this: Why do you like like the Tim Allen uh, uh, Santa Claus movies? They're okay, but like I, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch one. Is my point. I mean, None do you really. just you wake up every morning? Get presents as a child, like well, I'm just I trying plenty. to understand where this stems from. Again, it's not a it's not a distaste for Christmas. I don't like bad movies, and they're all bad. There's not a single good quality. The Christmas first Santa Claus movie, movie was good. Stop. I even thought the second one was good. Um, first off, it's a Wonderful Life. Come on. No. Have you? 
get. No. Oh my god. No. Yeah, I will out. give. <laughs> I will give Joe this. The Hallmark Christmas movies make me want to puke. Well, and that's oh, the yeah. new theme now of movies because everyone wants to watch them, and because there's such a demand for them, apparently nothing is better than really shitty quality rom-com Christmas movies. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you there, Joe. I don't, you know, mm. I, I don't, I don't, I don't. All right, but I do like White Christmas. White Christmas is really good. Yeah, we. It's become a tradition in my family where. There's a theater in Chicago called The Music Box, and we'll go and watch it live every year. And you get to bring, you know, things, but you can't really say you're bringing alcohol. And it's so funny to hear the audience, like, react to how much everyone hates um, Rosemary Clooney and just, like, all of the, like, hissing. And it's so obnoxious, but it's become this, like, really fun, cheeky tradition. And now we... Um, are like bringing it on to the next, the like my great, the great grandkids now. So we're like teaching them about white Christmas. So it's become a pretty cool, it's become a pretty cool thing, I'll say. Well, the only thing that we know in the South is a white Christmas is if you go and buy something from the local corner man. I mean, cause there's gonna be no <laughs> snow around here. I promise you that. But when it gets cold, chilly, hunting, we're down. But white Christmases, we haven't seen any. All right. General Donaldson, join us. What we got this week? Just tell us, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get to you making it. Yeah, so we're going to make a blood orange spritz, which is yeah, kind of we are. our buddy, Mr. Joe DeLeon, and his Italian roots. Um, but Excuse it, it, me. It, Blake's not really sorry. Italian. Buddy, buddy, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, you're I'm you're whiter I'm than kidding. that damn poster that Jenna's got up there. I'm you kidding. are so white. Your credit score at birth was 800. You're probably you look like an accountant. Don't you dare! First off, hold on, hold on, very quickly. Well, go ahead, go ahead. I deserve it. Go ahead. Okay, go there's ahead. three proteins that go in a thing of spaghetti. Name the three. Three things that go in a. What are three acceptable proteins that can go in a spaghetti? If it takes you this long, Wait, give I'm me your Italian card. Meatball. I wasn't saying. I, I was saying that Jenna doesn't think you're Italian. That was my my the reason why I said that because she clearly doesn't think you're Italian. Seventy six point eight percent. Thank you very much. Ask Ancestry.com. I was going to say, which which one did you go to to figure out that stuff? I went through my parents. Listen, okay, Italian sausage, meatballs, yes. a protein that you wouldn't think of, boiled eggs, okay? Boiled eggs? Yes. When Italians, when Italians came over on the boat, okay, they were so poor, they wanted spaghetti and have something like a meatball that was in it, but eggs was really cheap. Meatballs and meat and protein was ex extremely expensive. So when they were growing up, they would boil eggs and put it inside their spaghetti because they were so poor. That's a true yeah, statement. I'm not Italian. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It actually originated in the New York, New Jersey area. But you had to get somebody from Louisiana to tell your own, your own thing. I, since you're in Soprano country, mister, yeah. since you're in Soprano country, I want you to do this for me. Okay. In season two, somebody got shot at the end. I forget. I haven't. I haven't finished The Sopranos. But I've only. Seen okay, but you've season. gone through season two. Okay, listen to me. In season two, there's seven episodes. They have one red wine. Do you know what the name on that wine is? No. It's, I can take a guess. What is it, it's, Jenna? It's, 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 I'm thinking it's a Chianti. 
No, I, I don't know. Bordeaux? Maybe I don't know what Chianti means. I can't even say it nor spell it. Bordeaux was it Bordeaux? It has Bordeaux? this. It has this name right here on the on the oh, wine. It's a Rufino. Okay. We're on the Sopranos more than the De Leon's, okay? And you lived a block away from them. Thank I, you I very I, much. I think I triggered you more with calling you not Italian. I mean, I do the same thing. My 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 friend. I mean, I'm less looking Italian, so it's it's easier for people. You're to actually, believe it or not, a lot more Italian than people give you credit for. That you're, I know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very unfair. I got the big, I got a, my nose is big enough. It's it's <laughs> called the Zazu. Yeah, I feel attacked. Racist. Don't bring up our noses. All right, Jenna, let's get to it. But yes, I did okay. get triggered. Like a. Let me ask you this, Jenna. I said this before the break. Is there a mm -hmm. such thing as white girl wasted? Like, is that appropriate? I, I was I was gonna bring this up. Um, mm -hmm. I think if the shoe fits, it fits. Um, have you have call you me Cinderella? Seen, have you ever seen um, Cat Williams stand up when he talks about the difference between black people and white people getting drunk? I believe so. Okay, I he says, don't he no, goes, remember. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, my birthday, Jesus birthday, Hennessy. That's what black people drink. What's the first thing a white person says when they go out? They say, tonight, we're getting fucked up. <laughs> so, again, it, the shoe fits. And the shoe fits. <laughs> oh, God. This is a great way to answer the segment. We need, we, we need that drop. We need that. We need that. That. that uh, God, it's so there. true. And you know what they're wearing? They're wearing really dirty jeans and cowboy boots. Which, by the way, I'm as country as they come. Believe me, mm -hmm. I'm as country as they come. That's not how cowboys dress. I, I promise you that. Not the real ones. You, this isn't you Yellowstone. Tell, Somebody you, tell Josh Fisher that, please. Listen, listen. I, I, well, that's a whole other topic for another day. I worked on a dairy farm. You don't wear that kind of stuff. Let, yeah. let me tell you something. You wear number. There's yeah. three things you wear on the farm. Number one, comfortable pants. Number two, comfortable boots. And whatever is going to be able to give you breeze up in your nether regions. Because if you don't, you're in deep trouble. Okay, look, it, you're you're on horses. You're around cattle. I mean, shit ain't fun. It smells like horse shit. Literally smells like horse shit 24-7. Okay. Come where I'm from, way down yonder on Chattahoochee, Jenna. We're we're just you know we're we're yeah, butchering we're, we're your segment is, here. This is this this is what happens every time I come on, and I've I've accepted this. Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's roll. Let's, let's roll here. Let's get started. Okay, so I am a big fan of the traditional Aperol spritz, which just involves Aperol and then Prosecco and a little bit of club soda. You can always add an orange slice to be cute and cheeky, but again, it's not a requirement. Um, I lately have been a really big fan of the San Pellegrino blood orange sodas, just drinking them at home. So that's kind of where this entire idea stemmed from. So you're going to make this in a wine glass, okay? And you're going to do an ounce and a half. If you do not have a jigger, guys, all right, it's going to, I'm going to just put it up so you guys can see. You kind of want it to just sit in the bottom of your wine glass. If you do not have a wine glass, it's about one finger. Blake, shut your goddamn mouth. Um, I'm muted. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying. Hey, when you said jigger, oh, I just know. I just know. Jigger. When, this is a jigger. When you said jigger, I was thinking of the rap song. Jig, jig. Okay. Um, then you're going to take your San Pellegrino. Okay. Same thing. You're going to do an ounce and a half. All right. Not really going to change the color much, which is even better. Um, next, take your ice. Okay. Put it on in. 
And then this is where it gets fun. So everyone should know how to properly open up a bottle of champagne, a bottle of wine. Um, I know movies say to like have it spray everywhere, but it's such a waste because you waste yeah. like half of the bottle. So don't do it. That's what so she said. So on, shut up. So on the bottle, there's going to be this little tab. Okay. You're going to just pull it around. All right. Take it off. Um, the top of this, where the cork is, this is called the cage. Okay. On the cage, you're going to pull this little tab down and twist it. I believe it's five or six times. So one, two, three, four, five, six, six times. Okay. Put your thumb on top. Okay. And then put your two fingers in between the cage. Okay. Away from your face. People have died because of the cork hitting them in the face, guys. Okay. Really? So be very Yes. This is a thing because of the pressure coming out. Now, when you take it out, you're actually going to twist from the bottom, okay? So you're not twisting at the top. You're twisting from the base, and you just want to hear a little hiss, okay? So that's it. And then you see the I'm not going to lie. That's the most impressive thing that you've done on the show. Thank you. Now. It was a little backhanded. <laughs> that, that, that Blake just I believe this is what the Italians <laughs> call a good F and a U. Um, now, no, I'm being serious because I so know, many I'm people. Jo- I, I, know I know it wasn't. I'm joking. <clears throat> no, it really wasn't. That shit's impressive because so many people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, keep keep going, Jenna. Anyways, you're going to then fill up um, about just like two thirds of the way. Ends up being around like four to five ounces. Okay. And ladies and gentlemen, your blood orange spritz is the most beautiful thing on the planet. All right. Cheers. So here's the thing. Okay. Cheers. All right. Yes. I, I just, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of did it like in the first like five minutes because I saw your video. Anyway. That's fine. Okay. So no, that's impressive because I, I, I really do mean that because if you, if yeah. you think about it, at least where I'm from, so mm-hmm. many people have issues. They're always like, this damn cork won't come out. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I'm serious. Like, and you were talking about go yeah. from the base, rotate it. Like, I'd never heard that before. I, I was, I was yeah. being dead honest. Like, a no, lot I, of people, I know you were. And, and I honestly, was joking. I was just, because the before, way you said it was, it made it seem like nothing. No, I, I'm being, I I, I'm as dead serious <laughs> as LSU being above USC yeah. in the college football playoff. Oh, all yes. right. All but, right. But I really think, you know, I worked in restaurants for eight and a half years and did like, um, wine table service and that's like there's a whole presentation of how you do it and it's very proper and it's downtown chicago so everyone's a little more hoity-toity so you want to do it and and i believe me i've opened i can't even tell you how many bottles of prosecco Mm. i've opened in my time working um in that restaurant i mean you so you just i can do it now with my eyes closed i feel like i feel like it's an orange mimosa in a way it is It, it, it tastes like it and what's nice about the aperol is Aperol has this really nice kind of bitter flavor to it, whereas Prosecco tends to be really sweet. Um, and then, again, Blood Orange to me definitely has that, like, almost bitterness, like a grapefruit. But um, I just love this stuff. Yeah, it's like an orange mimosa with a little bit more um, carbon <clears> – <throat> maybe not carbonation, but a little bit more um, – More bubbles. More bubbles. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way. Yeah. Pierce uh, Lee says – Aperol guy, though. That, that's that's see, like, shocking the, to me. I know, because you think that, I mean, everyone in my family loves Aperol. Like, it's, yeah. it's you know, the aperitif that, that it's, you know, supposed to be used for. You have a, an Aperol right. spritz early in the day. And, like, all the, you know, my, my step-siblings and stuff like that, they love drinking it. So does my dad, uh, my yeah. brother's girlfriend. And I don't know why. I just don't like the bitterness of it. But, like, I think with this, the sweetness, you add that to it, it kind of takes away. It's a, it's a balancing balance. act. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think like whenever – 
No, me either. And I think whenever you're making a drink, you know, like this was the one thing that I always learned. It's like you want to have that combination of sweet and bitter so it is balanced because you don't want something to be too bitter or too sweet because then you look like taking a handful of Sour Patch Kids and you're just like, oh, God, like what what was that? Right. Um, but again, I love this because it's so simple and it's three steps, it's three ingredients. You don't need a lot. Um, and it's something that you can just like have the day for, you know, and like, why not have a little, why not be fancy at your tailgate, guys? It, it do as, like do a, as the Italians do, right? It feels like a, a very, uh, very summer drink. We got to next week. Can we just, can we just do like hot chocolate yeah. and Bailey's? Can like we, can so, we do a Bailey's drink actually? Ooh. Okay, so I was actually thinking about this because my house is completely decorated in Christmas already. I was thinking because it's cold, it's yeah. um, snowing by me, I wanted to do something with peppermint to give that little bit of a peppermint in a hot drink. So I like that I idea. Was, is, is there was, like a peppermint uh, liqueur pepper, or something? Peppermint schnapps. You can add okay. peppermint schnapps. And, and again, with that, because peppermint schnapps is so strong, you don't need to add a lot. You just need a little, almost mm. like a splash. And then we could even do a peppermint like Bailey's hot chocolate. We could do that. Ooh. Actually, have you ever had, I made one a while back. Maybe we'll do this one. It's a peppermint white Russian. That sounds good too. I mean, either of those, I'm excited for whatever it is, but. Sounds like you were you were a step ahead of me. Like I, I was just I, I'm throwing always, it out I'm there. I'm always I'm always thinking of like what it's gonna look. Have like you know? <clears throat> have you guys seen that a lot of daiquiri? Do you first off? Do you know what a daiquiri shop is? Yes. I don't. I've never been to one, but I, I, basically, I Jenna in Louisiana, you have drive-through daiquiri shops. Okay, so you Wait, could. I know. I know what this is. My my girlfriend has one of my best friends has this down in down in Florida. Yeah. Oh yeah, they have them down in Florida. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah. it's just a drive-through. We can get as much alcohol as you want. So all of them around here stopped, took the last, like, took the word Russian out of all of their drinks. Like, you know, because you got white Russian and stuff like that because of yeah. everything going on in the world. And so I was just sitting here thinking, like, we're going to do a white Russian segment. And my fan base will be like, hey, Blake, did you see they took it off the daiquiri shops? The Russian name's not on there no more. So, so I can just already it? see it. It's a big thing here. It's a massive thing here. But here's the thing. Is, here's the thing. Yeah. I want one. <laughs> I want I mean, one. Or you could just you. I mean, we could do a black Russian, but again, we're still using Russian in the title. Yeah. So oh, I don't care about the name. They're gonna get over it. Daddy wants yeah. one. That sounds fantastic. Say that again. What was it like? A peppermint? What now? So I've done a peppermint white Russian and a pumpkin white Russian before. Oh, I want the peppermint. Ooh, the I, no, we're past. I know, we're we just missed the pumpkin. Yeah, yeah we're past. Yeah, pumpkins for next we year. We do peppermint. Yeah, peppermint. And, it's, and here's my thing is if we do this, I want you guys to do the full presentation and setup where, like, you're going to crush peppermints. So it's the along the rim and you do a little bit of white chocolate in there. Oh, my God. It's so beautiful. I'll send you guys a picture after this. It's so Ooh. great. Okay. I like it. Jenna, what right, else is going on? As we, drink for next week. as we close out this segment, what what, what else we got going on here? Okay. Yeah, hey, listen, um, let me let me tell you this. Y'all found y'all a little bit of a quarterback in Chicago. Okay. Um, Joe's I, gonna hate me on this, but I think Justin no, Fields has done pre, been doing pretty okay. Uh, I don't disagree with that. I was talking to um, our our lovely CEO Bron about this because the the Bears play the 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 Falcons this week. And I was saying for the first time as a Bears fan, I actually, actually since they were in the Super Bowl back in, was it the 2006, 2007 season? I feel like I see where the ship is going. I like know, like it's the first time we're not like a one-legged duck swimming in a circle and everyone tells us we're going somewhere, but we're mm. not. But this is the first time that I'm like, 
this year's not about necessarily like the win and loss, you know, column. It's about like the moral victories and what we're learning from everything mm. each week. And I feel like this is what we're seeing and we're learning and we're going to stumble. I'm okay with that. I'm totally fine with that. But, um, but it's, it's exciting. But, but again, then you think, but then you have to think of it too from maybe this is me being like slightly pessimistic, but like how many running quarterbacks legitimately last and have like a long-term future in the NFL. That's, that's the only like little bit of the, 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 the yeah. skeptic in my brain. And that's what I, I just can't figure out. And I'm okay. Not having it figured out. The, yet. the thing with Justin though, I will say, and he's, he's running way more than I thought he was going to run. Oh my God. Yeah. He, because like he, to be real out of any of those guys that, that run a four, four and are that athletic, he's inherently very much a, a pocket passer. Like he has those yeah. traits. Like he has the ability to sit in the pocket and make decisions there. I didn't think he was going to be running for 150 yards in, in multiple weeks. Like I had no, well, not only that, Joe, he's running dudes over in the end zone yes. at this point, right? Like that, oh that's God. a, that's a big thing. He's got some confidence behind him, which is, I think has been the biggest thing for him. And I'm going to tell you this, Chicago, if they get him some weapons outside of Mooney and Montgomery, like they could be a little bit of trouble. Now the offensive line's got to do a little bit better, but Justin's done really well. I, I really like what Justin's done. And you know what's even better about us getting these weapons, which we know are going to happen, is the downfall of the Green Bay Packers as we are on the uprise. <sighs> Jenny, you you do know how much I love you, correct? You do. I do. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you this. Don't ever count out Big Daddy Rogers. Don't do it. Oh, no. Oh, don't. No, I, I don't. I, I know better. I know better. But. Okay. Don't but, do it. But, just, just don't do it. And yeah. then. And then. Not only that. Yeah. Big Daddy Kirk with the chains, baby. Big Daddy Kirk's on the way. Just okay, that you was know. The, the, the best um, thing <laughs> on Twitter before Twitter dies was them saying, you know, Kirk was the guy that was like, I'll have your daughter home by 10. And it was like, I'll get her home when I want to get her home. And I was crying. He's a different man now. When he, He's a different well, first man off, first off, he's based. Pause, pause. I didn't realize Kirk Cousins was like had muscles. Yeah. Sexy? Yeah, believe me, blew uh, my mind. Every yeah, every girl oh, Jenna just came out with it. She's like, oh, uh, <laughs> sexy. I mean, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, uh, the shoe fits like in the shoe fit for him. Okay. True. I'm just saying. True. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, you got you a little bit of a quarterback. Let's see what you can do with him. Let's see what yeah. you can do with him. How cold is it up there in Chicago? Uh, yesterday was 27 degrees. Today Yikes. it's 26 degrees, and it's also our. Um, um, is it Illinois like? State. Is it like wet though? Like snow? Like no, it? No, I mean, like it's, it's so snowing, it's just cold. It's, it's just cold. Um, but I'm curious to see what happens tonight because it is the um, uh, state football game, which is between two really big rivals, uh, Mount Carmel and, and uh, Saint Rita. Mount Carmel but, is where Michael Vick went. Yeah, to that's school, right. So the, the, right. these two are like. Oh, and Pat, um, Pat, Pat uh, Pat, uh, Joe, left-handed quarterback. Pat. No, it's Pat. Where? No, he plays for, he plays, uh, for the, for Tampa Bay right now. Pat. Gabbert? No. No, not, Pat. she said Pat. Pat. Oh my God. The quarterback? I don't know. No, oh, I, no, I was thinking of somebody else. It doesn't else. matter. But anyways, it's a big rivalry and they've faced each other like a hundred and like 50 something times um it's like super old school and the like you know irish italian catholic heritage you know oh, like yeah. you're 
So it's gonna. It's gonna Don't be, you it's gonna dare be say hell yeah! Oh, I'm Irish Italian. What are we talking about here, man? Um, hell no, yeah! Too, so, I'm, so I'm excited to see it, but it's gonna be cold and wet and windy as shit. So it's gonna be an interesting game. Illinois got some really big deer. I'm gonna go up there sometime and kill me a, a big Illinois Illinois deer. Illinois deer. Yeah, y'all got a, bit, a lot of big hunters up there. Or is it just not really? I mean, you got to realize I, I live in the city. Like, do they exist? Yeah. Do I know them? Do no. you have? Did you grow up with people who would like go around and hunt and stuff like that, or no? Um, the only time I ever was around someone who hunted was one of the guys I dated in college, and it was snowing, and he was like, "Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you like clean the window?" I, he was like helping someone move a car, and when I pulled out what I thought was the the, the brush, it was a gun, and I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna use my hand because I can't find that." <laughs> so that was the closest I've ever come to someone hunting. Um, and as a city girl, like, just not really in my wheelhouse of things I'm I can do. So yeah, gotta get you to the south. You need a week in the south. Uh, listen, you, you, if if you take me to like a full on hunting like excursion, I would do it. You know, I'll, I'll do anything once. You know, and see how it is. Um, I, I've never shot a gun. I've never done anything like that. I have no idea. Not I would like have paintball? not a clue. Hey, can, 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 no, I've never, can, can, I've can never can done something. My wife yeah. hates hates like gamey meat, like gamey meats. Yeah. Sometimes she doesn't know when Daddy be cooking. The gamey meat because it's so no, good. Blake. Oh, if you do it, if you cook it right, oh, it's, it's Look, so I, good. Chili cook off 2012, 2013, 2017, and 18. I, I mean, call me Bill Belichick. <laughs> I mean, the greatest of all time. Just letting you know. Just letting you know. It's the truth. All right, Jenna, this is actually really good. It's like a, I did put some ice in it like an idiot. Um, no, I said ice. Yeah. Oh, okay. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's really. <clears throat> it's sneaking up on me a little bit. Now I hadn't drank happen. I hadn't drank in two weeks <clears throat> outside of Miller Light, but this is actually really good. I, I oh. didn't know how to feel about this one. And me teaching your son how to cheers, man, causing a problem. All right, hold oh, on. He was so Let's, hold on. The cutest thing. <laughs> Blake was so mad earlier when we brought that up. No, I went mad. I went mad. I went mad. All right, listen to here. Listen to this. Yes. Did you see my YouTube comments? No, this I did it. Okay. So I posted it just not even really thinking about it. Like, didn't really care. You know, just like, well, first off, fun, yeah. first off, they were like, Blake, why does Ben sound so country and you don't? Because he goes, chairs. He does. <laughs> chairs. <laughs> okay, that's number one. Second off, it is the most, Ben, come here. He's, it's the most country thing he says, okay? We're about to do it again. Hold on. Hold on. Y'all conversate. Come here. Conversate. Yeah, but he's not going to admit it. But he was. Um, Blake was upset that. So, so he he's learned because he watches the shows on his iPad. Okay, he's oh. learned what this means. So when we go, cheers, yeah. it's where he learns it from. So when yeah. you talk about kids learning things, you know, it, it really does. It broke my heart. Cheers. I need some more Sprite. Where's the accent coming from, though? That's the I don't know. It's kind now of now like we live out in the we live out in the boonies a little bit, but he's not getting that from us. He's getting it from his getting it from his cousins. His uh, cousins. I, I was gonna say there it might have been like the case of him watching TV or something because like I remember seeing somewhere that like a uh, like an American family, their daughter had a British accent because they were watching Peppa, Peppa Pig all day. And oh then, like, yeah, that's a thing. Oh, yeah. One. Yeah. It's possible. 
He apparently doesn't want to come on the show because he hears okay. he hears me on the la- on the iPad saying we're talking about him. So he wants to, oh. he, you know. Well, it's only no, positive I think it's, things. I, listen, Americans say cheers. Italians say uh, salut. And the Irish say slancha, which my girlfriends call slantro Slancha. And make fun of me. So. Well, and us Italians say, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. We're out of here, guys. We'll see you all next week. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.